Alright guys, welcome to a very special edition of the Aftermath Podcast. It is my absolute pleasure to present Professor Brian Marvin to you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a background and I'm going to let him give you the full bio. Um, This man is responsible for what we're doing here. He is the founder of Henzo Gracie Clarksville. He has helped jumpstart Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the Clarksville, um, Montgomery County, and Tennessee area. He's responsible for a whole lot of the jujitsu you see today. Um, so I'm going to let him tell him a little bit about himself. But first, I'm going to introduce everyone we have on our panel. we got my co-host, Calvin, to my Don't far know. left. <laughs> my daughter and, I guess, new co-host, Jada, to my right yeah. for a moment. <laughs> anyway, she's on a trial basis. All right, <laughs> Professor, please tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, not too much, Uh I spent 20 years in the Army, uh, retired uh, very shortly after I left uh, Clarksville. Uh, opened up a, actually was going to move back here, uh, released to the Nashville area and be a cop, but I decided to open up an academy down in Houston. And then uh, as soon as I opened up that one, James and I got together to start formalizing what we were doing into a real academy and uh, creating a business from it and then expanding from there. And I think that started around... 2014, 2015 is when it became, we opened up something in like 2011, I think. Yeah. Right? 10, 11, somewhere in there. <clears throat> and then it grew into what it is today. This this academy is actually the oldest one that I have because we started it as a Clarksville Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy at a circuit athletic, yeah. <clears throat> cool. So, loving to death, he's very humble. So, in his 20-year career, he is an Audie Murphy Award recipient. He was a 160th recruiter as well as being vital to that team and what they do. President of We The Five. President of We The Five Foundation and, and so much more. All right. So, we may have to pull some teeth to get him to actually give out all his accolades. For those of you who aren't in the military, explain to them what the Audie Murphy Award is. Um, uh, well, it's not a, an award. It's a club. And it's just a, a leadership club. Uh, you got to do a bunch of stuff to um, compete for the honor to be inducted into this this club and association. It's, it's a fraternity. Audie Murphy was a highly, uh, most highly decorated uh, service member in the in the United States. So it's really cool. Tell them what he did. <laughs> he did a lot of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So for those of you who can't read between the lines, Audie was a BMF. He was a badass motherfucker. And to be a member of that club, you have to be a BMF. That's what this young man is to my left. All right? So that, it starts there. I'm trying um, to remember the, the, the bio. Audie Murphy was a legend in his own time. Uh, like, man, I, had, I'd, I was always terrible at memorizing things. Like, terrible. Like the NCO Creed, I was like, uh, I forgot I that remember this as soon thing. as I learned it. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was in BNOC and it was like, hey, you, or not PLDC, not even BNOC, PLDC. It's like, hey, you got to learn the NCO Creed. I'm like, all right, crap. It's got like four paragraphs. I better be <laughs> studying this thing. <laughs> and then it was like the freaking Audie Murphy thing. And it's like, the thing about that. So I, I was actually. <laughs> I was actually the president of the Audie Murphy Club <laughs> for USAREC for a number of years. And sitting on boards, like, that was the one thing that was absolute no-go. If you missed a single word in the bio, like, you had to know the bio verbatim. And I don't right now. <laughs> uh, because that was, like, a lot of years ago. And 
uh, as even though as respectful as that club is and everything, like a lot of what I got out of the army, I I mean I just I don't stay in that in that zone anymore. You know, I'm I, I live in Houston now. There's no military around Houston, or I mean, there is. There's a little bit of like reserve stuff, but like there's no no military in Houston. Like I'm I'm an, down there. Like if you didn't know that I was in uh, the military. I'm just like a normal person down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a normal dude. I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I teach jiu-jitsu. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. You would and, never and, know. And, yeah, and I, and I try to keep it that way. I like once once I got out, that was a point in my life that I really uh, uh, learned a lot about myself from, and I enjoyed it. I have zero regrets. I mean, I, I, I wish I would have matured earlier in my military career and got promoted later so that way I could have done some really cool stuff in the middle there but I got promoted quickly and matured late so by the time I got to the point in my life where I was mature enough to do some big boy stuff like I was too high a rank to, to compete to for those things get yeah. To, yeah. Um, that's, that's maybe the only thing that, that I regretted is maybe, maybe that I would have uh, not tried to get promoted so quickly I would have focused a little bit more on on maturing more so that way I could complete a, a couple of things that I really would have enjoyed doing later on in my career, but I just, there's no way they were going to let me do it at that point. Right. Okay. So, That's awesome. So, like I said, I'm like, this is a military town. I'm still inundated in it. So that's kind of where we are. But all of that to say, those present a certain skill set that I believe always carries over into entrepreneurship, into business. Um, if you're a good soldier, you're on your way to be a good business person. All right which is what he's done. So some of the things we're going to talk about is inside of his military, military career, also what he didn't mention, is that he's grappled pretty much his own life. He was a wrestler, school, um, student athlete. How long did you wrestle? Um, I think I started wrestling. My brother is a year younger than me, and he started wrestling a year before me. I tried to wrestle the same year that he did, but my mom was like, no, you two are going to do different sports. <laughs> um, I'm going to let him do that because he wanted to do that, and she stuck me in basketball, which I hated. I fouled <laughs> every person. Well. Like, <laughs> like, I will wrestle you on this court. <laughs> um, I want to grapple. And then so finally she got the hint, and the next year I started started wrestling. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade when I started, something like that. All right, cool. That's what's up. And I've, I've literally been grappling my entire life like i i've taken short pauses but um i went from wrestling then through high school i got a scholarship to wrestle uh at miami of ohio was back on that maturity thing was not mature enough to go to college i really didn't even want to go to college but i got a scholarship to wrestle so i wasn't going to pass up on that um as soon as I dropped out, I worked for a little bit, decided I didn't want to work like that the rest of my life, and I needed to get some maturity, or at least started to get some maturity, and, and get some more money to go back to school. So my plan was to go back to the Army for four years, wrestle in the Army. Uh, when I got out, uh, go back to Illinois State, because that's where I was from, Illinois, and then uh, wrestle there, and then um, and then uh, become a teacher. I, was, I really wanted to be, at that time, a phys ed teacher. I wanted to coach wrestling. <laughs> oh, and, and look so, at what you're doing right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. And so from then, I ended up staying in the Army forever. But while I was in, I wrestled on and off when they would have tournaments and stuff like that on post. And then I got selected for recruiting, and they sent me to Iowa. Nice. And so the, they sent me to Iowa, and I was like, boy, this ought to be fun. And so I, I finagled my way to be able to be a volunteer coach on a local high school team. And, man, that was some of the most fun that I had in my life in wrestling. Because, I, I mean, we, I, 
I, I thought I was okay before then. Man, those guys were good. I mean, and like the coaches would kick my butt and and I really got a lot better at wrestling at that point because I mean I was there for like two and a half years, I think, and we were always wrestling and I mean it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then from there just moved to the next town, wrestling, 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 and then until I decided that I wanted to compete again. Like I got tired, I was like mid thirties or something, early thirties, and I got I got tired of like seeing all the competitions. I still had that desire to compete. And so like there's no, there's no wrestling for wrestling old men. For old men. Yeah, you know, I mean, no that's wrestling awkward. It's like yeah. that old dude and that <laughs> yeah. like throw the wrench guy, like the head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dodge a wrench, yeah, you can dodge yeah. a ball. Yeah. Like that guy with the hey, old Sparky. I'm you know Sal I'm you want to wrestle? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I felt like. But yeah. but um, submission grappling and, and jujitsu is it, it's like wrestling with extra stuff. Like you not only get to wrestle them, you get to choke them or and make them quit. I'm not only going to try to pin you on your back. Oh, I pinned you on your back. No, you didn't. Oh, I was, my whole back wasn't down. Like, all right, man, whatever. Yeah. You quit. Like, I got, yeah. I, now I know. Like, exactly. You it's definitive. quit. Right. It's, there is no doubt. So it, it made wrestling even better for me at that point because nice. now it took it to the next level. You couldn't dispute it at that point. Is Yeah, you indis- tapped. In, indisputable. Yeah, you tapped or went it, to sleep. Yeah, and that, that for me was like the ultimate fun in grappling. Man, I, I love the chess game of submission. Like, and, and and that's basically how I live my life for a lot of times. And and early on in my jiu-jitsu career, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm just gonna talk. Keep going. Early on in my jiu-jitsu these. career, that's what got me in a lot of trouble. Is because I had that style. I cared less about any points. You know what I mean? All I wanted to do is attack, attack get to attack. a more dominant position. I would, I would. I, as I would be attacking, if it transitioned to something else, I would allow that transition to happen, and that's when I really started to develop that other four principles that I came with. Like, no, you need to maintain a dominant position. Like, number rule number one, get to and maintain a dominant position. Rule number two, you need to be controlling the pressure or relieving it if you're on bottom, you know what I'm saying? And then controlling that space as well. Like, if I'm on top, I'm controlling that pressure and that space, and then Number four, you already know what that is. I'm always choking. Always Always trying to attack the neck from any position that I can maintain a dominant position. Because that's rule number one. That's not rule number four. Rule number one is maintain the dominant position. So while maintaining that dominant position, controlling that space and pressure, my hands are going to be on your neck. Like, that's... (laughs) Do you still compete? I do. I haven't. I haven't in a minute because I literally just had double shoulder surgery. Um, I had this one about four months ago, and this one was three weeks ago. When this podcast comes out, I'm probably going to get yelled at for not wearing the bracelet. That's what I was going to say. Shouldn't you be in a cast right now? Like where? But it's it's much more comfortable without it. And and okay, but you have to heal. Rules of my doctors. Right. But um, I I plan on getting back into competing Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as I can. It's just right now I'm kind of focused on some other things and individual accomplishment isn't one of those. Really? I wonder. I got a question. Team accomplishment. I want to hear stories. I want to hear your plane crash story. Plane crash? Who told you about a plane crash? <laughs> um, so we were going into Fort Drum. It was the middle of winter. And uh, we flew from, man, I, I can't remember where we flew from. But we, we had to get a connecting flight to go from wherever we were at to Watertown Airport, where Fort Drum was at. The airline that we used was called <laughs> Cape Air. And there was a TV show in the 
in the 80s or 90s. Yep, Wings. 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 Wings, that TV show. That plane that was on that TV show was the flagship plane of Cape Air and also the one that I was sitting on (laughs) when we were flying. So that plane from that TV show, we're flying from whatever connection to Watertown. And we're flying there. It it was a, uh, a King Air. And um, there were, I think, six of us on board, uh, maybe seven. I think it was the pilot and, like, five of us and then one old lady, which was hilarious. I'll tell you the story <laughs> about that. And so, and then my my buddy, uh, who was the, the warrant officer uh, for the 160th, Jay Davis. Jay Dav- I think Jay Davis was with me. Larry, Larry Wise, uh, Ra- Larry, Randy Wise uh, was the, the uh, SME for the 160th with, oh, wow. uh, with us. Yeah, Randy Wise, um, Jay Davis, me, and I, man, oh, uh, uh, Randy Howard, who's still here, uh, working out there at the compound. He was on the plane too. I can't remember if Dave was on that plane or not. Dave Walther, he was on the team as well. But anyway, we're flying, and we leave the connecting, and it's no no issues. And we're flying up to to Watertown. It's upstate New York, and it's getting snowier and snowier and snowier. <laughs> and I'm looking at Jay, and I'm like, man, that's a lot of snow. And so I grew up on small planes. My stepdad like still owns like four, four airplanes that he restores. And so I grew up flying planes. Like I've shot a, a million approaches next to him, behind him, shooting the approach myself, him landing the plane. So I've, I've done this, been in this situation a time or two in a plane that size. So we're coming in on the approach and Jay's a little bird pilot. And I'm like, Jay, don't you think he's coming a little hot? And Jay's like, no bullshit. Jay tightens that signal. He's like, nope. And so I was like, fuck my life right now. And so I'm like, all right. So we we he shoots this approach, and he's hauling ass. And the runway is this long. Well, he starts landing about halfway because it's going so fast, and there's six inches of snow. On the runway, they had plowed it, but it's upstate New York. Six inches of snow, ice underneath. We hit the first time, bounce. I'm like, here we go. (laughs) Hit the second time, bounce, turn sideways, hit the berm of like three feet of snow at the end of the runway, shear off the the landing gear. The props are all like spaghetti at that point. Oh, my God. And we come sliding to a stop like... I don't know. I don't know how far. You could do the estimation of how far that would be. We come sliding to a stop at the end of the runway, like on the other side of the runway. Remember, we hit the berm at the end of the runway where they pushed all the snow, and then we're out in the field. And so literally, planes buttoned down. I was like, man, the door is right here. I'm at the back of the plane. The door is right here. So I turn the thing. I open the door, and this lady is right in front of me. I was like, Go, ma'am. And she's like, well, the stairs aren't down. Well, the stairs were laying on the earth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They couldn't go down to walk down because we were on the earth. So I was like, ma'am, ma'am, just walk out of the plane, please. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. So she gets out. They got to cut Randy Wise's, like, $8 million North Face bag out of the nose cone (laughs) of this plane because it's stuffed in there and he's got all his shit in there and they're trying to get out. It's this ginormous bag. So we have to go to like Granger or some crap in the next couple of days to get him a new bag to drive home. They literally gave him his bag all cut up and they're like, oh, 
here you go. He's like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, so we, I mean, it was, it was, and what's hilarious is we see it takes them forever and we're freezing at this point because when we left our connection, it wasn't that weather. Right. So I didn't have a jacket on. Oh, I just had like a regular shirt man. or whatever. We get, it's like six degrees. We got on this plane. We're, we're all freezing that we couldn't get to our gear. Like we're waiting for these people forever to get to us. And they finally get there and it's like, hey, can we get warm? And they're like, yeah. We get in front, like, they're freaking out about what we're going to say to the news people because they're going to ask, like, who are you guys and what are you here to do? Well, yeah. we're part of the special operations recruiting team. You know what I mean? We're, they're like, zip your lips, don't say shit, and just go stand over there. So we just did. We go to Buffalo Wild Wings. So we get done, go check in, blah, 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 blah. We go to Buffalo Wild Wings. No bullshit. We go to Buffalo Wild Wings later on that night, and we're eating dinner. And we're all laughing about the whole fiasco and everything like that. And the wait, waiter, waitress, whoever it was, comes over and is sitting and talking to us. They look up at the TV, and the plane crash is on the news. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the person was like, oh, man, there was a plane crash today at Watertown Airport. And we're like, you see those people? And he goes, yeah. I was like, that's us. <laughs> and they're like, I think it was the guys. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. They re like. They realized that it was us that was sitting. I mean, it was nuts, man. That's and, crazy. And so I vowed, well, I will never. I I plan on never going back to Fort Drum again because I said I was not going to fly into Watertown the next time I went back. So I flew into Syracuse. Yeah. And then drove down, got a speeding ticket, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm never coming back to Fort Drum ever in my life. I don't plan on it. Just, uh, just so not a good experience. Yeah. Definitely was a great story. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. That All right, I do have a question because you mentioned this earlier, um, and just relating to wrestling and jujitsu, you said did you kind of stop sometimes and go again? So, like, what makes you come back to jujitsu to overall? The the I like. <laughs> The, Choking people, we yeah. know. <laughs> but no, but I, I like the the grappling art. It's it's a um I like like when when I started learning jujitsu, I I wasn't trying to hmm, how do I want to describe this? It was like a um like a standoff to me. Mm-hmm. Or two people got two guns and they're shooting it at each other. You're looking at another person. And they're trying to do to you what you're trying to do to them. And you're trying to outsmart them or get them to do what you need them to do without them knowing it. So anytime that I would go away, I would miss that like mental chess part and, and the grappling part. But like the trying to get you to do what I want you to do without you doing it, that was always fun for me. Like, like that initial part that we talked mm-hmm. about. Once I figured out that... There was no more disputing, you know what I mean? There was no, there yeah. wasn't a, there wasn't a, no this, question. there no question. Yes. Like you tapped it's or, or yeah. you said tap or you quit or you went to sleep or whatever. I mean, I, I, I prefer choking people over, I mean, I do wrist lock the crap out of people. But yes, you do. Arm bars, <laughs> I'm not a, a big arm bar guy. I just would much rather choke necks than feet or arms. I mean, I, I love wrist locks, but. Okay, I do have a follow-up question. As someone who struggles herself to be consistent, how would you coach someone being like, hey, like, just come when you want to, like, just consistency overall as someone who does want to get better? So I was literally just talking to somebody up front, uh, not necessarily about that complete situation, but Mm -hmm. the situation of jujitsu and longevity and how to continue that process. And if I was going to give advice to a beginner, what would that advice be? 
And what I told that person is to always make it fun. Like ultimately on the entire grand scheme of things, like the only person that you have to impress and make better is yourself. So any, Nugget. Any, anything that you're, you're doing looking for outside um, validation. validation is going to be detrimental to your success because you're always going to be thinking, well, am I doing this right for that person? No, you, I, I've got a, a, a saying, and at the end of the saying, and I said it in there, I was like, let's figure this out together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to help you learn your jujitsu with you. You know what I'm saying? Let's figure out how we can get you good at jujitsu together. Because what I may teach, I mean, you're going to do it, but you may not be able to do it the way that I do. I'm six foot one. You know what I mean? I got a wingspan with one arm. This one doesn't work right now, but I got a pretty good <laughs> wingspan. You know what I mean? So if, if I tell you, oh, it's easy. All you got to do is this. And you're like, Brian, I don't have eight foot long arms, man. Like I can't just do it like that. What my point is, is we got to figure out what works best for you. What works yeah. best for you. And if, if yeah, you, you for that. And, if, and if you concentrate on just having fun and allowing the process of jujitsu to happen, like, man, it is so enjoyable. The most fun that I ever had in my life with jujitsu is the, the, the jujitsu I do now. Because I, I don't care about anything other than having fun with jujitsu. This dude named Francisco Lowe, you can look him up. Him and um, Samuel uh, Guy, who just won a world championship. Samuel uh, owns an academy in, in Houston. They come down to my open mat. The first time they come into the open mat, I, no disrespect to those guys, but I didn't know who they were. You know what I mean? Right. And so they came in, and I said, are you guys here for the open mat? They said, yeah, we heard there's an open mat. I'm like, okay. And I gave them a tour, showed them everything. I knew there were black belts, but I didn't know who they were. Right. And so um, I got everything set up, got everybody checked in, and Sunday is my favorite day to train, like my absolute favorite day to train. I love open mat because nobody asks me any questions. I can just go train. You know what I mean? Like, don't ask me no questions. I'm not here to teach. I'm here to train. It's my day. Leave me alone. That's what you guys are. And so yeah, we say yeah. that so often. It's yes. like people don't get it. I'm like, trust like, me. Like, yeah, listen, yeah. I got to have a day for me. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I love teaching jujitsu, but I also love training jujitsu. And I, <laughs> I, I want to be able to actually do some stuff without having to stop and explain what I'm yeah. doing. See, you know what I mean? for me, that's called getting beat up without knowing why. Yeah. Because usually during class, Ask them on Monday. They, up, they explain you. <laughs> right. Hey, this is how it happens. <laughs> you don't want your arm there, but on some days, no. So that day, that day, I... Get my gi on. I'm saying hi to people, drinking a cup of coffee because it's early in the morning on a Sunday. I put down my coffee, turn around, and Francisco's there. I, like I said, I didn't know who he was. And he said, hey, you want to train? I said, yeah, let's train. So we slapped heads. I grabbed his collar, sat down, and he proceeded to half a second later leap on my neck <laughs> like he did to uh, Wierzynski in the Nogi yes, was, World Champ. Oh, my God. He did so that good. to me. Oh, hell. And oh. then, and then <laughs> oh, half a second, in, like, I hadn't even taken a breath in the role yet. Like, my gi hadn't even moved, and he's on my neck. I was not expecting that at all. As he's leaping toward me, I'm laughing at this point. I'm like, oh, my 
my God, because I knew what was about to happen. And then after that, he probably armbarred me a hundred times. Like, and then him and Samuel proceeded to wreck everybody in the open mat. And then after the fact, somebody posted who they were. And then I saw him the next time and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't know who you were, but man, you guys are awesome at jujitsu. And I've been friends with those guys ever since. And they, they don't wreck us as bad now. But man, it's it. They they come down, especially Samuel now. Man, he's always he's always pretty much down there, and and we he's a really good guy. Francisco's moved a little bit. He's actually got a, a fight coming up, uh, Francisco with uh, Big Dan oh. at Submission Hunter Pro. They're uh, the first matchup on uh, Submission Hunter Pro. Oh, that's this, gonna be a nice Sunday. one, you guys. Don't oh, miss it. Yeah. If you get and a I chance, think you're to gonna be able to watch it on. Uh, Is it on Flow? I think it's gonna be on. Uh, I don't know what it's gonna be on. I have to look now. But okay. Submission Hunter Pro. Um, that they're having like a, 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 a tournament coming up this Sunday and they're part of it. Cool. That's going to be awesome. So a whole bunch of stuff there. We're going to get into some of them and come back. So for those of you who do know me, now you understand what I'm talking about position yeah. before submission. Yep. Yeah. As always, I'm like, get on top, stay on top, yep. figure it out. And then, like I said, I always tell everybody, I have an app for that. Like, yeah. it's your jujitsu. All right, so when you guys are now trying to really understand me, it's a lot of the basics that I learned from him. Yeah, it is it. always your jujitsu. The biggest thing he said that I really want everyone who's listening to get out of this, because no longer how you train, there are different coaches, there's different gyms, which means there's different cultures. I always say, figure out what that is and get it. If you are there for your instructor, meaning you're doing everything you can to please that man or that woman, you are in the wrong sport. It is your jujitsu. Their job is to help you facilitate your jujitsu. If they're doing anything other than helping you facilitate your jujitsu, think about where you're at, what you're doing, or think about the relationship. You may need to have a conversation with them. The point of what we do is to, like I said, help you figure it out. Whether you need it for self-defense, whether you need it for mental clarity, whether you need it for stress relief, right? You figure out what your jujitsu is and do it. The reason I say that is if you know you're not a competitor, but you're trying to impress the professor because he is, and you get into competition, that's not your jujitsu, right? You're still trying to do something else. You're trying to get validation from an outside source. Don't. Your jujitsu should you should leave feeling better when you leave than you when you came in. If you feel worse when you go out those doors because you didn't make somebody proud of you, you need to think about why you're here. That's my thing. Well, and the other thing about uh, training at a, a more intense level than a, that at a learning level, I mean, because that's that's ultimately what you're trying to do, right? You can't you can't figure out anything at a, a high intense level. That's not the learning level. Um, it, it, Jada, when you learned how to drive a car, did your dad say, "Okay, put it in drive, put your foot all the way down on the gas, and hold on for dear life"? No, but he was on the lawn. <laughs> no, but she did. But she did. Anyway, <laughs> she right? did. And you're but like, she whoa, did. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people with jiu-jitsu try to live their life that way. Put yeah. their foot on the gas and just go. And it's like, that's not a learning phase. You know what I mean? Exactly. You, you've got to lower that intensity to a level that you can learn the actual skill first. And if your emphasis is on anything other than getting it correct at whatever speed that is, I tell people on a daily basis, your body is going to tell you when to go faster. If you try to do it as slow as you can do it, your body's going to tell you, no, nah, man, you need to be able to do it faster now. And then the better you get at it, the faster you're going to be able to go. But it doesn't work opposite. The faster you go, the better you're going to get. Now, 
the better you get, the faster you're going to be able to go. Right. Okay, so I tell people like on a consistent basis, the only thing you need to worry about is just trying to get it correct at the lowest possible level of intensity. And then your body will tell you when it's time to go faster. And speaking to like the relationships, my dad is a professor of jujitsu. He's not my professor though. I cannot learn from him because he is going to say that I can do more than I can. Again, I can't. Like I know I probably can get there, but right now I I can't. So it's again just making the connection with your you professor. Can. Um, okay, you just making the connection you with your it. professor. Okay. <laughs> she just sucks. All right. Anyway, <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, she's really actually she's really good. But I will always encourage people, um, especially this one. Um, Let me ask you this: Have you ever actually got a chance to roll with Henza? Um. I don't think we rolled. I mean, I've been at a bunch of seminars with him and messed around with him, but I don't think I ever rolled with him. I don't think I would have take that opportunity away <laughs> from a student. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if there was a time that I would be able to, then yeah, hundred percent. And, and I'm sure we would, and I'm sure it would be an awesome <laughs> experience for one of us, probably him, not me. <laughs> but um, but for sure, if, if there was an opportunity for, for people to train with him and there was a set amount of time, I would for sure default to my students to be able to do it. Like, That's awesome. If you think about a, a white belt or a blue belt being able to roll with, with that person, Man. you know that what I mean? Would, that's crazy. Or if you think on the reverse of that, or a white belt and a blue belt having to wait to watch a black belt roll with him. You know, what is that white belt or blue belt? Man, I want to, like, he's a black belt. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? What like, are you going to get? Yeah, man. you can roll with Henzo Oh, you're going to get his beat up. You, you already know you all that You can roll stuff. with Henzo anytime yeah. you want. Yeah. You're a black belt. Like, I'm yeah. a white belt. I may never get this experience ever again in my right, life. Right, right. You know what I mean? Speaking of that, so you're going to get him to come here? I want to I'd love to. I've talked to uh, <laughs> Cora, and I know that she wants to get out to all of the academies with, with Henzo and, and and visit them, and I, I think that he would love to get here. I've taken him to... Um, whatever Fort Bragg is now. Um, Fort Liberty. What is it called? Fort Liberty. Fort Liberty. Now. Fort Liberty. Yeah. Uh, I've taken him to Fort Bragg and and dealt with those guys over over there with um, with Swick. Shout out to Jason Abbott. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jason Abbott uh, is my uh, my team leader over there with the Henzo Gracie Special Operations Team. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. And, yeah, we've got a little team team down there in Bank Hall that he's rocking and just built from. Uh, Awesome things with uh, now Professor uh, Stu uh, Ferris. Um, nice, he's uh, nice. he's out of the military now, so he's a he's now a Professor Stu uh, mm-hmm. Ferris, and uh, they've got a really good thing over there. And um, I think that he would love to come here as well. So. He, I know he yeah, would. Yeah, and, and if he did, and if he did, I would definitely try to get something um, on post too. I'd probably try to coordinate with Ray or those guys to yeah, definitely to have That's him amazing. do something on That's post. Amazing. And, and what, what 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 do you, how do you like? decide on locations and professors and not like to, to build a school how do you know like okay this is the spot let's do it let's mm. you know how does that those are those are just science you know science 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 hmm? elaborate a little bit well those are those are those are trade secrets See, that that's <laughs> Um, proprietary knowledge. <laughs> Why you grabbing my leg? Why you grabbing my leg? <laughs> no, I've got I've got a philosophy of that. I, I tell people this all the time. I, I mean, I help pretty much anybody with business that wants help. Um, but I believe, it, and and this is how I've gotten to the point that I am now. Um, if you have the right partnership uh, at the right time, at the right location, you've got a 
pull the trigger on that every single time because it, it's going to be successful. The right people at the right time at the right place, it's a go. If any of those three is ever out, then it should be a no, ever. If it's not the right people, it should be a no. If it's not the right time, it should be a no. You just got to wait or pass on it. And if it's not the right um, place, like you try to force an academy or a business in, I've got a um, thought process and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there. I think that these buildings and all these businesses get built. There's only certain businesses that are going to work in certain locations. Right. If you try to put something that isn't meant for that spot or location, no matter what it is, it's, it's going to fail. And you see that time after time after time with a lot of businesses that replicate the same business into the same location. Like nothing has changed, changed. <laughs> that business unless, unless something dramatic happens with what you do there, right. that location, every time a new business goes into it that fails, kills that location even more. So it makes it harder for the follow-on business to be successful when the previous business was not. You understand what I'm saying? Right, yes. So if you try to force something into some place that isn't the right location for what you're trying to do there, you're going to have to sacrifice either money for marketing to get them to go there. And so you're, you're really just going to be spinning your wheels trying to chase, whereas if people would just be as patient as they could be trying to start a business or looking for a location, try to find the right timing with the right group of people at the exact right location and then do it all the way. But if any of those things are three or wrong, I've, I've, I've turned down businesses that I just didn't, I, although there were great opportunities, I was like, no, this isn't the right, the right thing. And I got to right. pass on it. And then I've had some that I probably should have passed on that I didn't. And then I just got to deal with that sometimes. You know? right, right, but generally, right. the right people, the right place, the right time, like I'm 100% going to pull the trigger on that. Nice. nice. So, all right, throw this in real quick because Mike always makes me check myself. If you're looking for a place to train and you're in the Clarksville, Montgomery County area, we want you to come check us out at Henzo Grace Hill, Clarksville, where we've got pretty much all of your combat sports up under one roof. All right, come in, get your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, get you some Judo, get you some wrestling. Come in, get your boxing and Muay Thai. We have some of the best instructors in the area here waiting to service you. And you heard the way we talk about how we take care of our students. If you don't believe us, come and try us out. The first three are on me. Always come in and get it. Now, go ahead. Um, when I, I mean, I, I've been here quite a few times. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, when I, when I came here today, um, it was at like, it was early too. It wasn't even anywhere. It was like four or something. Wasn't it like 4.30 yeah, or something? Four, four, yeah, three. like 4.30 or something. It wasn't even like a weird, like a late time. And I, as I came up over the road and I, I looked, man, there is not a spot that you can park in two parking lots. Like yeah. the overflow over there, the big, I mean, the facility that you've created here is like second to none. The, the amount of things that a person could do here uh, under multiple different arts and then even with the physical therapy and the the physical training in there like it's just an overall like I, I can't think of another spot like this around especially here you know what I mean 
Like, even in the Nashville area, I don't think that there's anything like that. Like, Nashville MMA, back when Ed Clay and Sean Hammonds yeah. and Ray Casillas, the, those guys were running the Gameless Training Center. That, that that place was like this. You know, it had a boxing ring, and it had a MMA cage and a bunch of different mats and stuff like that. But since that place closed down, I don't think that there's anything like this around here, is there? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I know um, Nashville MMA is still going, but I don't know if they're doing what we're doing. And very few people that also hit the wellness area um, aspect. So that's why we have physical therapy and we have strength and conditioning. But we also put the right people in charge of those those mains instead of it, not, once again, not taking shots at anyone. But everyone thinks that they're a personal trainer because they know how they've been trained and how they can train. But you really don't understand the different nuances of training different bodies. Like, and that was one of the things that used to bug me the most. Um, so kind of the way we met is my first business was I had a personal training studio. I had Circuit Athletics. Um, inside of that, um, that's where Clarksville Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy started as a class, which I did not attend. <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were up there, and they were choking and doing all this wonderful stuff, and it was so many great practitioners they come through and they're like, yeah, I used to train at this place called Circuit Fitness. And I was, I was like, no, it's Circuit Athletics. <laughs> and yeah, I owned it. Oh, really? Yeah, we'd go in there and train all the time. And I told everybody, first couple of times I tried it, I was not a fan. Met Professor Braga, watched them get into it. He used it. to have these like, what what, what we call you? you? Your wrists were bad. And you used to wear these. <laughs> parrot grips. Parrot grips. Yeah, you used to have these like. Because you had, like, carpal tunnel. Right? Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah that's from yeah, the surgery. Right, you had the surgery, right? But you used yeah. to wear these, like, these, the like, wrist supports. wrist supports. Like, you had, like, little parrot grips. I'm like, what are you doing with them little parrot hands over there? Because <laughs> he wouldn't be like, parrot I can't. Hands? He'd be like, oh, I no, he'd be like, he'd be like, I can't because of my hands. I was like, man, you can too. I'm like, come on, try it. He'd be like, okay, I can. But then initially he was like, I can't. But, yeah. oh, but now so, look at him go. Like, he's fine. Daddy, he got surgery. He's down. Down. <laughs> it's going down tomorrow. <laughs> Punching you both in your face. I didn't Thank say you nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I had so. <laughs> I'm bringing some crackers to class. <laughs> you don't need them because I'm a choke to snack. See, you guys are you made all kinds song. of stuff. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about you. Okay, hey, you want to go back? <laughs> you want to talk about history? I mean, I'm going back. Okay, you want to go back? Yeah, let's go back. Tell us about being a bouncer. A bouncer? Oh, that job was that job sucked. <laughs> I hated being a bouncer because I was. It was right when I retired from the, right when I retired from the army, and I was trying to just stack as much money as I could because I was. I opened it a business, like I had no money, like I didn't have a job. My job was to, to try to start this academy, yeah. and so. I was trying to get my retirement set up and figure out my disability. And so I was still on leave. And, and so I started working as a bouncer just to try to get extra cash and like meet people, you know what yeah. I mean? But I would get off work at like three o'clock in the morning. I would sometimes go home. Sometimes I would just go straight to the academy and wow. sleep, wake up, teach <clears throat> six o'clock in the morning, like finish teaching, then go home and go back to bed. Like, that sucked. But, I mean, I just did what I needed to do to make life happen at that point. Right. Exactly. And then, and then, I, got, then I got divorced, and uh, then I really needed to work extra. <laughs> um, so I kept doing that until the point where I didn't need to do it anymore. You know what I mean? So. Wow. Okay. And now so, I don't need to bounce anymore. All right. Grabbing all this stuff, trying to get right back to where we're talking to. So in the amount of time that you've actually been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, let's talk about the influence and how you've seen it grow. Just not just in the states, but just how it has taken a fire and what you've seen and 
And I'm going to get you to admit how you've been a bigger part of it than most people would suspect. Mm. Um, it's grown a lot. I mean, I think, I think really the growth of jujitsu started with Seth and Fight to Win. Once he started putting those events on, um, and it, and then it got on to flow, and then flow grappling started happening. Um, I think not only jujitsu, but just the grappling arts in general. Wrestling. Re- yeah, wrestling. Because now there was a thing where you could see it, you could watch it. Like, it had a platform. It had a platform, right. Before, I mean, man, you, you, would, you would hear about Fargo, like tournaments, and you would hear about this, but you would always have to see the results through the internet or yeah. some yeah, bull crap YouTube clip video or something, of yeah. something, Somebody's something. Somebody's parents something. shaking in the But corner, now yeah. you've got a platform where you can view you know what I mean? And then it, they monetized it um, by by starting to pay athletes, um, and and then Gordon took off and really made it what it is. Um, it, I mean, just the just between I think that trifecta between Seth and the the fight to win starting, and then the flow grappling getting on, and then Gordon's success, and then just how he literally dominates pretty much everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, that that really started it, I think. Um, and then I'm, I really still think that Gi Jiu-Jitsu is really good. And I'm so me, and, me and, I guess, Nicholas Marigali are one of the other ones. I guess there's some other people that do. But, I mean, I, I love Gi Jiu-Jitsu. And that's crazy because when I got into – Jiu-jitsu, I got into no-gi submission grappling at an MMA gym called Lone Wolf MMA, which is now 10th Planet, Kansas City. Uh, no. Jeremy Horton runs that. That's actually where I started training jiu-jitsu in St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, but uh, once, once all of those uh, people started being able to view what was happening, um, I, I just hope gi jiu-jitsu gets that. Gets the love it deserves. The, the love that Nogi that Nogi does because yeah. you know, no. I think that the excitement of Nogi is all of the action. You know what I mean? And I think once started, people started to start to learn jujitsu technically, like really deep diving into technical leverage and. Yeah positions and rotation and controlling in different ways and you started to learn jujitsu in a more technical manner that's the other thing that really started taking off because before i mean it was what i understood of a lot of different places that i had trained and seen jujitsu evolve at different locations as i moved around the united states um most people in the very very early on years had to travel learn come back teach you know what I mean? So you're learning at a less technical level. And then th- not that those people weren't as technical, but, I mean, it's like you tell one person that secret and how far does it get around the room exactly. and it's the same secret. The you know old, what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. A game you play, communication game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But now that people are starting to learn and it's being taught in a more technical manner, I think people are people are automatically trying to become full-time athletes right off the bat, which wasn't even a like, – it was like – 10 years ago, we wouldn't even thought about that. Exactly. Like a professional what? Like, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> now, like, 
It's a profession. It's it's a true profession. When you see kids now, like, and that's the other thing, the difference is, like, well, I talked about her and them last, on, I guess, the last podcast, but watching kids that are now, you know, it started at the age of five or six, and now you've got, like, the Rutolos, the Cola Bates, the... Uh, man, the two little the two little twins. Yes. Those guys, man. The I, yeah. <laughs> the I see, brothers. Yeah. yeah, they're rocking. Yeah, right not twins. Yeah, but brothers. But brothers but yeah, but yeah. man, I see all kinds of little kids out there doing fun stuff. Uh, yeah. There's like two little A&P kids that are sponsored, always posting like little yeah. stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's different now. So like you now have kids with the aspirations of becoming a jujitsu hero. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Influencer. And Yeah, or influencer. That's, yeah, that cracks me up. Um, so once again, like I said, we started, he founded the gym here, went to Houston, and some of the other things he always told me, and he kind of spoke on it, some of the things. He said, open the doors, be there. All right, the most important people, whoever shows up in the class, and I still do it today, whether it's two or 52, whoever shows up, they're going to get my full attention. That's what we're here for. Um, for the professor or the owners of the academies, and sometimes the owner is the professor, and he's running the school as well as teaching the classes. Give them their time off. Like I said, if they tell you, hey, Sunday, I'm here to train, let them have it because they're paying bills. They're maybe leaving their primary or their primary source of income. They (laughs) want to enjoy jujitsu like you do. That too. Just let them. Forget all that other stuff. They want to enjoy it just (laughs) like you. Let them have some fun. All right. Let them get there. Um, right now, how many academies you're, are you a part of or have you helped got started mm. in the last four to five years? Just a, one or two. Mm. Yeah, right. I think a couple. Per month? <laughs> no. <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple? You're going to go with a couple? Yeah. So you've only got a couple of... So um, the academies that I'm a part of, um, this one, Henzo Gracie Clarksville, um, down in Houston, I've got Henzo Gracie Houston in Sugarland, Texas, is my main academy that I teach at on a, a daily basis. Um, and some of the other locations that are in Houston are Henzo Gracie Lake Houston, um, which is in Atascacita, Texas, in the northeast corner of Houston. Henzo Gracie the Woodlands, which is straight north of Houston, about. <clears throat> It's like halfway to Dallas, it seems sometimes, but oh, wow. it's it's not. Right. But it just seems that way. I give it a hard time. Hmm. Uh, but it's like 45 minutes north of, of Houston, a really, really beautiful area. Um, Henzo Gracie Katy, Henzo Gracie the Grove that just moved into a beautiful facility um, um, in Richmond, Texas. Henzo Gracie HTX, which is downtown inside of Main Street uh, Muay Thai and Boxing, or Main Street Boxing and Muay Thai. Um, we've got an academy and a location inside there. Uh, we've got a location that we teach at Houston Christian University um, on their campus in their Bradshaw Fitness Facility. Um, that's a branch of the main academy that I've got. Um, there's Henzo Gracie Riverstone. Um, that's a, a facility in Sugarland, probably only like five miles from my main academy, but I found the perfect location like with the perfect group of people um, inside this neighborhood where people can walk or bike or whatever to the academy. It's a a beautiful spot. Um, We just opened Henzo Gracie Pearland in Pearland, Texas, which is straight south um, of Houston off of 288 and Shadow Creek Parkway. Um, 
Hinzo Gracie, Missouri City will open up probably October, November. Um, they're building that building right now. Uh, it's right by right by my house. I could walk to it. It's really that's going to be another nice one. Um, over in Austin, we got Hinzo Gracie Austin, which um, the New Wave guys teach out of that academy. Um, so it's it's a, a dual academy that that we've partnered with those guys on that. Um, I've got Hinzo Gracie Round Rock that just opened um, just north of Austin. Um, that open beginning of this month. Uh, down in San Antonio, we've got Hinzo Gracie San Antonio on uh, Fredericksburg Road. Then Hinzo Gracie SAT, which is the airport code because that academy is right by the airport. The airport. <laughs> so we call it Hinzo Gracie SAT. <clears throat> over, in, uh, over in West Virginia, I've got two academies too. Uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, Hinzo Gracie, Morgantown. Um, the story behind that one is um, my partner there, Anthony, was actually my partner with Seth when I had Hinzo Gracie Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then Seth died tragically in a medical accident, and we had to close that business or turn that business over to a, another professor. I, I <clears throat> tried as much as I could to keep the vibe in that academy alive, yeah, but I, every every time yeah. I went back there, it was just less and less heart, heart, right? heartbreaking um, and agony of going to that location with him not being there. And so it just got to the point where we just needed to turn it over to somebody. We hired an instructor, and then he ended up taking it over, and he's still running it up there, and it's doing great. Uh, same building, same everything, and it's 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 moving along good. I still follow those guys. I'm going to go back up October 14th okay. when the inner city tournament is for uh, the third annual fundraising seminar for his death. The Navy SEAL Fund did a lot for him and his family right. uh, when he passed away. So every year we do a fundraiser, and the, the beneficiary of that is the Navy SEAL Fund, so that way they can fund more Navy SEALs that, that have tragedies like this. Um, so Anthony was my original partner with Seth up there. So when that happened, Anthony moved b- right before that to West Virginia. And when it was time, uh, about a year ago, actually, a little bit over a year ago, we opened up uh, Hinzo Gracie Morgantown. And then uh, Hinzo Gracie Martinsburg is getting ready to open up. Actually, they're going to have an open mat on – what day is today? Thursday. 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 They're going to have an open mat on Saturday and Sunday. They passed their certificate of inspection today. Uh, their land, their land uh, mats down tonight or tomorrow, and they're going to have their first open mat on Saturday and Sunday, and I think they're going to open up on Monday. So, awesome. yeah, I'm um, pretty sure that's all of them. You said a couple, but you my count couple. that was like 17 or 19 schools. <laughs> 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 so cool. So, so when you started, it was it was different. It was uh, Gracie Baja, right? Yeah, um, so when I'm, I was in the Army, and I was in recruiting, and they sent me, I had the, man, they tried to screw me and send me to Albuquerque, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise um, because I never let any negative thing affect me, and I always make a positive out of no matter what situation that I am that I'm in. And so they were like, you're going to go to Albuquerque. I was trying to go to Seattle. I had approved move to Seattle. My... The battalion commander decided that he wanted to try to just mess with me for whatever reason. 
And so he ran an exception to policy to keep me in the brigade longer than what he should have to send me to Albuquerque, what he thought was punishment. Well, I got down there and I said, what's the minimum time for this assignment? And they said, 12 months. I said, you're going to get hundred percent of me for 12 months, but in 12 months I'm moving from here. And they laughed at me. You know where I moved in 12 months? Fort Campbell, Kentucky, special operations recruiting. I just, I, I, I made the best situation that I could, um, worked my ass off, applied for greater positions of responsibility and, and did what I needed to do to get to the next level. Did the work. And so I turned and that's where I met Tusa actually, um, and started with Gracie Baja. So like I said, it was a blessing disguised for a couple different reasons that got me here. Um, it got me linked with him. Uh, I moved down there to Albuquerque as a purple belt. And he was in his, like, prime for world championship competition at that point. Now, Professor Tuss, if you've not heard of him. Yeah, Roberto Alencar. Um, Professor Roberto Alencar. Um, and he was in the prime of his competition, like, competing. Right. Um, and that would have been in 2006, 2007, I think, somewhere in there. And uh, I, I moved in. We were about the same size, so he used to literally just beat the piss out of me, like, repeatedly every single time we trained. And I, and, and I would be like, let's go again. Like, that, I got that mindset from wrestling in Iowa when I was getting my ass mm -hmm. beat up there. Like, I know this process. I've been in it before. Mm -hmm. It's going to make me better. Exactly. I got to stay in this. Because the more I continue to get my ass beat, the more I'm going to figure out how to not get my ass beat. And you know what I'm saying? So I'd been in that hammer and nail scenario before, and I, and I knew the other side of it. And so I was able to, I was down there for almost exactly 12 months. Uh, right before I left, Tusa promoted me to brown belt. I came up here, wanted to compete, didn't want to teach at all, and then started teaching at SSF, which is now, I guess, Wildside or whatever. I started teaching at SSF in this little shithole place right down, down the street that was always disgusting. Um, <laughs> And it got to the point where I got tired of it being disgusting and I wanted like a legitimate place to, to teach. And so I, I literally partner or I, I borrowed maths from John Rankin. Didn't we borrow maths from him? Borrowed them. I yeah. remember John Rankin. And we bought the rest. <laughs> yeah, we borrowed maths for John Rankin so that way he, we could, because he had closed down his gym at that time. He had these matches sitting around. So he let us borrow some maths from him. We used to stack them, pick them up, and put them down, which is no way to – that is not an academy. It was a club. <laughs> that, that, and I never called it – I called it Clarksville Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. But it, I, I tell people from the very beginning, it was being ran as a club. Yes. Because anytime you're picking up, putting down mats, and you don't have a space, you don't have, a, you don't have an academy. You right. have a club. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so when, once I moved from here, I was here for four years. We started that in like 10 or 11, I think. I think I taught down at SSF for a couple of years. And uh, and then when I moved, I was down in Houston like three years before I retired. So as soon as I retired and I created that one, this one became one. And then Cess actually, Coeur d'Alene, that was the first one actually that was a Henzo. Because I changed teams right as that one was getting ready to sign the franchise agreement with Gracie Baja. Oh, yeah, that, I heard that story. And he I told him, that day yeah, and I said, yeah. Seth, don't sign that thing. And he was freaking out, and he's like, yeah. Brian, I told him that Gracie's coming. I'm like, oh, man, I know, just, would you just trust me right now, please, for a second? Like, I know I'm not sharing a lot of information with you, but I'm trying to develop something right now, and I need you to just trust me. And so I let it develop, and it did. And, I, and he said, Brian, we're going to open tomorrow. I said, okay. 
And so I messaged Henzo and I said, Henzo, um, respectfully, I'm trying to open up Academy in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho tomorrow, and I'd like to open it as Henzo Gracie Coeur d'Alene. Do I have your permission? He said, yes. I screenshot that. I sent it to Seth. He's like, holy shit, we're going to be Henzo. <laughs> <laughs> going crazy. And as soon as that happened, like, um, Draculino knew at that point that I was changing, but that one was the first one. Mine was the next one. Half uh, Hensel's brother was coming in like the next week, so my son and I painted the uh, the wall um, the week prior. Um, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, we moved and made that wall go from red to blue. We put cones in front of the wall so nobody could touch it because the first <laughs> thing that I wanted to happen was to change the color of that academy. And as soon right. as I changed the color from from red to blue. Like the vibe in that place changed, and like the the whole atmosphere, and like me, like I I was able to come out as like who I wanted to be as a, a person that shared jujitsu with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. The phone call was simple. He coming. Hey. Yeah, and then this knucklehead <laughs> wanted to wait till the end of the month. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna wait till the end of the month," and I'm like, "Uh, why?" He's like, "Okay, uh, I won't then." I'm like, "All right." So he calls me up. He's like, "Hey." I'm like, yeah, what's up? We're now Henzo Gracie. Um, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah. He said, like, yeah, we're switching teams. All right, all right, not a problem. I was like, when is this happening? It just did. We, yeah. we, we, it's like, right now. right now. It's like, right now. Right now. <laughs> I was like, um, right now. Okay. <laughs> no. I was like, I don't have a problem with the switch, but like, can we like get some time to tell people? No, yeah, you tell them tomorrow. He's like, hey, guys. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Here we are. Right now. But um, it was a no thing. time better than the present. Yeah, it happened. It was cool. So, like, we was like, all right, bet. Let's go. We're with it. Okay. So. Well, I don't think we actually asked this question. How long have you been training jujitsu, and how long have you been coaching and as a professor? Um, I started training in, like, 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. I, I mean, I don't specifically remember. I, I, it had to have been the beginning of 2006 because I, I started training jiu-jitsu the day after wrestling season stopped. So I stopped coaching wrestling at a high school in St. In St. Joe, Missouri, and then, like, literally started training jiu-jitsu the next day. Um, so when it would have had to have been, like, February or March or something of, like, 06, probably, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and when did you get your black belt? Maybe it was before, maybe it was 05. Um, I think it was 06, though. So. Uh, 2011, March 2011, um, with Professor Tusa, um, Carlos Gracie Jr. promoted me to black belt. Six years, that's, man. Yeah. He was dedicated. That's but at, at that time, like, I had a, a, a different level of passion for it. And it, I had a, um, a learning mindset. And in, in the beginning, it wasn't like a teaching mindset. You know what I'm saying? It was a strictly yeah. learning mindset. I wasn't trying to share the art with anybody. I was just trying to absorb as much of the art as I could in those meetings. You know what I mean? And so I trained a lot. I mean... It wasn't good on my marriage, but it was better on my marriage because, like, I needed the mental clarity. The stress of my work at that time was at a really high level. Um, I was in recruiting in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We were fighting two wars, um, you know, 2006, 2007. It's a horrible time to be recruiting. Horrible time to be trying to do that job, Um, you know, Every single person that you were putting in the military was going to war. Everyone. There wasn't a, hey, you know, you're not going to go. Like, every single person that joined during that time frame was going to war. So trying to convince people 
at that time, like, you know, that's the right thing to do yeah. was a difficult thing wow. to do. You know? So I'm going to assume that that pressure and all that, that helped help, that help you develop yeah, the you, We Defy? No, I didn't develop that. Uh, Alan, right. Alan Shabaro mm-hmm. and, and Joey Bosick uh, developed that. I just was on it, and, and there's actually another guy too, um, but basically those two. There was a three of them that he, one was the, a guy that, um, damn it, can't think of his name right now, sorry. Um, but he was like the accountant and the administrator, and he kind of, those three kind of organized it together. Uh, but then um, he left, and then Joey and, and Alan uh, went on with it. But I was, I mean, we were all together as a group. They were doing that thing, and then I was working with Mission, Mission we were all working with Mission 22, and then they decided to, to branch off, or not branch off, but develop something separately with the We Defy Foundation than Mission 22. And so as as that was happening, we Basically, the, there were a group of us of like five that would travel around the country and do seminars, as many as we could, to raise money for Mission 22 and a ra- awareness for veteran suicide. So literally, any place that I could set up a seminar that would let me come and teach jiu-jitsu with, a, with Alan, Tyler Brassard, uh, Pete Wilhelm, freaking uh, Kurt Osiander went with us, a, a freaking bunch of places. Uh, Bryant Pangolian went with us, a bunch yeah. of places. Chris Howder, I've done a million seminars with that guy. He punched me in the chest one time in <laughs> Dallas. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, like, I, I mean, I, 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 uh, Julie and, and Ben Gumpert were always there with us um, uh, doing these seminars. I mean, it, 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 we, we, I think, did a lot for raising awareness for veteran suicide, especially within the community. You know what I mean? Definitely. That, and then um, Joey and Alan wanted to, I believe, in my own mind, wanted to take it a step further and do something, like, within the same realm, but back to jiu-jitsu because we were raising a bunch of money for awareness but a lot of it wasn't going back to jiu-jitsu you know what i mean and so now if we're going to fundraise for something and we see how powerful jiu-jitsu is why not put those two things together so i think that that's what they were trying to do and and as soon as i kind of migrated over there with those guys and we started doing that and it was the same thing with them like mission 22 is i mean it had gotten to a point where it didn't need me going around weekend by weekend doing seminars for them. They were on a much higher uh, corporate level campaign raising um, scheme at that point. And so it was, it was easy to be able to leave that to migrate over to this new uh, foundation that was doing a couple of things, combat disabled veterans that, that we, they were trying to use jujitsu as a form of therapy and physical fitness to get people like, off the couch into a, a team, um, back back into physical fitness, um, um, talking to people, interacting, you know, right, yeah. uh, and, and at every level. Um, the Joey Bosick, one of the ones that started as a triple amputee. So for a person to say I can't do this, you know what I mean? It's like, what are your excuses at that point? You know what I mean? I get I get it. You got a giant of a man with Alan Shabaro that's like seven foot tall and like <laughs> eight hundred pounds of like a mountain of a man, but then. And to tell for him to be telling somebody, yeah, it's great for you. You should be doing this. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, you're telling me I should be doing this. You know what I mean? Right. You're a specimen of a man. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you <laughs> but then when you've got somebody else that is just as physically fit as that guy, but he just happens to be an amputee. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, I, I, I he, he's missing like three limbs, and he, and one of his arms is is still disabled. And he's still competing. He's still training. He's still getting out there. You know what I mean? So at that point, it's like, what's your excuse? 
Right. You know, the only excuse you have is you. You know what I mean? Because we go back to that, that thing that we talked about a second ago because you're trying to impress outside people. You know what I mean? Or you're afraid of the opinion of outside people. You know what I mean? I don't want to go in there because they'll think about me differently or I don't want to do this because I'm afraid of that. Man, walk in that door. Those people want to help you. They just, those people want to invite you into their family. You know, you know what I mean? Their team. Which that kind of segues into another question I have. Oh, now you get another question. I don't have Where are these questions them. coming from? <laughs> I'm a smart Did you write girl. them down? No, I'm just oh, a smart Oh, so they're girl. just popping up, yeah. huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, as someone who has practiced for about two decades now and you've been with We Defy, how do you tell people, like, encourage people to take jujitsu seriously for their mental health and also not get so stressed out about jujitsu and everything else, like just mental health in jujitsu? That goes back to that, that first thing. Um, the more stress a person puts on themselves to try to do something in, in that realm, in that room, the, they're really still staying in that mentally stressed position. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because if they're worried so much, oh, I, I, I got to get this and got to give all this energy to do this and this thing and I, I got to, it's got to be right. And you know what I mean? Like if a person would just slow down, be in the moment, try to just figure out how to do it right, not think about anything else, everything else in their brain completely goes away at that point, like literally goes away. And you don't even have to think about it going away. It just literally goes away because you're in the moment of what you're doing. The only thing you're thinking, okay, they go this way. I don't know. Does it feel comfortable to put your hand that way, this way? Uh, no. Okay. How about turn it the other way? Does that feel better that way? Oh, yeah. It feels a lot better that way. All right. Well, Try that hand then. You know what I'm saying? What about this one? Does it feel good to, I mean, I can't do it right now. Grab it like that? No. Feels better to grab it like this. I'm like, all right, well, let's figure that out then. You know what I mean? But when a person's like, I got to grab this and I got to grab that. And you're just like, geez, man, like chill out, man. You got to allow your body to like figure this out. You know what I mean? You're trying to put too much stress on yourself. So. So basically saying don't roll mad. Like just. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with, I mean. I mean, I don't know why a person would roll mad anyway, you know what I mean? There's no reason to roll angry, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't do something to me to make me mad at you, you know what I mean? So why did, would I need to roll mad against you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm practicing an art, right? So I'm trying to execute that art in its most beautiful form, not in its most angriest form, you know what I mean? That's, that's not why I do jiu-jitsu to see how how aggressively I can do it. I want to see how perfectly I can execute that technique with the most minimal effort I can do. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to, at the same time, I'm playing that look you in the eye, six gun death match of who can outsmart the other person. And sometimes it's me and sometimes it's not, but like that's the game that I'm trying to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the, the funnest level possible nice cool alright man we could probably talk more I know you've got some stuff you gotta get into first thing you said it's not gonna be a three hour podcast and then he gets up and he's like oh yeah we're right. two hours in and <laughs> he's like let's, let's get it alright so we're gonna um, land You're this plane you questions I'm talking no it's great no it's been a great podcast I've been, I've thoroughly enjoyed it I've actually even learned quite a bit more about you and I've known you for years <laughs> that's true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's Long cool time. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. But 
um, in all of that. Guys, and he said it, and I said, if you guys have questions, you want to find out a little bit more, we're definitely, next time he's out here, we'll get him on the podcast again. You can always hit us on the link, comment your questions, your thought um, processes. He's more than happy. You can reach out to him. You can catch him on IG, um, Brian Marvin, BJJ. Um, go to Henzo Gracie Sugarland, Henzo Gracie no, Houston. No, Henzo Gracie Houston. It's not Henzo Gracie Sugarland. Henzo, Henzo Gracie, Gracie Houston. Houston. You'll see him on there. Um, follow me on there. Yeah, um, my Instagram is Brian two underscores Marvin. It's just my name. That's my in my face. In his <laughs> face, that face right there. It has launched a million chokes. All right, right there, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, he earned that name for real. Um, but when he talks about the beauty of it, that's one of my chokes that you guys hate is from him. Because before, when I do a head and arm, I was just trying to pop your head off, and he got just angry. He's like, what are you doing? That's not a choke. You're just squeezing. If you're going to choke somebody, cut the blood off. They shouldn't feel it until they see the wall start closing in. That's when you know you've got a good choke. So now that's how I choke people. North, south, head and arms. You're getting a good blood choke. Compliments of the beauty of jujitsu, not the violence. All right, Calvin, anything you want to say as we're getting off? No, it was great. I hope you come back. I'm going to hold you to that Henzo thing. Tell him I want to roll with him. Okay. He should know me. I'm a big, I'm kind of a big guy. You, know? you, you might want to watch some of his you seminars. Not me. You might want to watch some of the seminars. Well, I watch both people. All right. <laughs> 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 thing you want to say to the guys? Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, you guys are doing a wonderful thing right here. Jada, I'm really happy and proud of all the things that you've done as well. I wish you a ton of success. I hope you continue to do great. But, yeah, it's great seeing you guys, and thanks for allowing me to be a part of this. And, you know, I'm just so excited to see how the continued growth and success. Hopefully we can stay in this place for a little bit and not, like, move to another one. No, we're good. Uh, hope so. Uh, hope we're going to stay here, please. Um, but, yeah, um, it's it's going to be great to come back up in a couple of months and continue to see everybody improving. Excellent, excellent. Figure um, out some new stuff to teach people. We like it. Just a shameless engagement plug. If you're watching this, comment who has the best beard and the best bald head. I was trying not to make jokes all really? day. Oh, yeah. I need to shave so bad. Don't you so, ever shave that but off. You, I was trying not to make jokes this whole podcast. No, so please, not, for engagement, likes, views, and follows. This never comes. Best beard, but, best bald head. But we all, but we all really you know. I was Man. just like, wow, look at these shiny heads. That's what I kept thinking. My hair is so long on the sides right now, not on top, just the sides. Oh, just the sides. That's all right. That's an easy win I'm for like the Hulk, day. I'm like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> is that not the host? <laughs> all right, we got to land this plane. Stop, because I can sit here and laugh all night and have a great time. This I really had a great time doing this, guys. Um, if you're in the Clarksville, Montgomery County area, looking for a place to change, train, try Henzo Gracie Clarksville. We got you. If you're in the Texas area, you heard all... All of them. 75 of them. <laughs> West I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of great places to train in Houston. So, I mean, I'm, I, anybody's always welcome to mine. But, I mean, there's a, a lot of phenomenal jiu-jitsu in, in all of those locations. Like, in Texas in general, it's like, is phenomenal uh-huh, what's going on down there. So, I mean, even if it's not, like, my style of jiu-jitsu, things I like. I mean, there, there, there's whatever you want to find down there. There are exceptional people all over down there. So... I mean, always gonna try to have people learn from me or one of the, my partners or black belts. But you know, I understand just like everybody else that like people find their 
match. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. if, if we're not a good match for you, don't get away from jiu-jitsu. Go, go try a couple more places until you find the one that's right for you. But, I mean, if it, and even if you're into jiu-jitsu and, and you're getting frustrated with it, don't think that you can't go find another location to train with. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've trained at a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. And I'm not condoning, like, team jumping and stuff like that. But, but honestly, if you're not feeling good about what you're doing, even if it's one of my students, I would hope that they would want to go find a better fit for them and, and, or at least talk to me about it. Hey, Brian, I'm sorry that, that, that you're not a good fit for me. I need this or I need that. And either I can accommodate them or I could give them a suggestion as somebody that would be a better fit. You know what I mean? So. Indeed. Bottom line, it's your jujitsu. Yeah. Get what you need out of it, pour into it. All right. That's us signing off. Until the next time, we'll see you on the mats. Peace. Yeah.